0: welcome to the mental health hour and welcome to episode 101 yeah it's like starting fresh again right
1: yeah right back to number one
0: (laughs) uh michael joseph murray good to see you and naomi hattie thank you for the 20 months 20 months that is awesome uh, tonight, tonight we are looking at guilt and shame again. Uh, guilt versus shame, guilt and shame, shame, guilt. What's the difference? Is what's it? Uh, what's it doing to us on a daily basis? Because it is something, again, that we can all relate to in a fairly reasonable manner. Like everybody experiences guilt and shame, right?
1: Oh yeah.
0: Um, So what's the difference between the two? And uh, we'll talk also about something called the shame cycle uh, and then how to manage healthy guilt versus unhealthy guilt and all of the shame, how to manage all of these things. Uh, so with that being said, we did do an episode early on. So this is part two, if you will. Early on in the series, I believe it was like number 12, we did guilt and shame or guilt versus shame. Um, we touched on, you know, the, pretty much some of the, a lot of the same material that will be tonight. Um, But with these two part episodes or we can turn any topic into multiple part episodes, because there's a lot to talk about about any of the topics Mm -hmm. discussed here. Um, With this part two, uh, it does a lot for the folks that weren't here for you know, the earlier episodes, um, people that have just found the show, um, maybe you're not caught up on replays yet, or yeah. whatever the case may be. We, we like to, re- to delve
1: that bit deeper into it as well. Yeah, though.
0: And that's the other thing, we can delve a little bit deeper and mm-hmm. cover some more on the topic at hand. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, like, most any topic we discuss on the show can probably, we could chat for days about. So um, thank you, Hattie, for throwing that in the comments. There is the first episode. Uh, and you can also find, that should be, yeah, that's the YouTube. Um, all of the past episodes of the show are on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. You can find everything in the bio link. Uh, that's bio.link slash TMHH. Everything Mental Health Hour is there. Share us out. Give us some love. And, well, most importantly, share us with anybody you feel like might benefit from hearing any of the information shared on the show. Uh, Gemma, let's kick it off uh, as per usual. Um, do you have anything off out of the gate on guilt and shame?
1: Um, Well, I think I discussed it a little bit when we did the previous episode, but a lot of my counselling that I had, say years ago, but even now, because it's still relevant, was to do with um, the shame that I had felt because of family members and the guilt that I felt that was not necessarily rightly imposed on me, again, because of them. Um, It can be difficult sometimes to, when you've been put in a situation like that, to distinguish what is something that you should be feeling and what is something that's been put on you by someone else that you shouldn't necessarily be feeling and try and... Try and let go of that. Uh, so I did a lot. I did a lot about that. Um, with that, but then there's a lot of um, things like we've discussed about body shaming and things. I've had a lot of that um, to deal with, and feeling mm-hmm. the shame that I felt because of having a physical disability. Some of which you can't see, some of which you can. And um trying to come to terms with that as well
0: yes um and that does uh that does bring up a few good points um
1: mm-hmm. we
0: we def- we generally harbor guilt, whether it be healthy or unhealthy, it still weighs on us um more so the unhealthy is the detrimental, obviously, but a lot mm-hmm. of it can be. Um, you know, the root of it is from our own insecurities, which that I don't know that you can necessarily get around that. We all have insecurities. It's completely normal to have insecurities. And especially if you're dealing with uh, physical impairments, uh, yeah. alcoholism um, or anything of the sort you're going to feel, and like I said, it's normal to feel a sense of insecurity about, you know, whatever it might be that you have going on in your life. Um, Now with that, you find, you got to find a way to let go as you were touching on. Mm -hmm. We'll get into that a bit more a little later on with management for it. Uh, But first let me say thank you to Ray of Sunshine, a oh, ray of sunshine for the 20 months. And Mav, good to see you. Thanks for stopping in. Um, thanks for checking us out. And share us out if you enjoy the content, please. Uh, so, when it comes to letting go, we don't always have the easiest time with that. Um, hmm. It's our insecurities that that kind of breed this shame and it doesn't also necessarily always have to be about you uh, or something that you harbor or something that you carry around. It could be uh, Mm -hmm. uh, projected onto someone else or maybe something or an interaction you've had at work, or
1: oh, yeah. school,
0: or uh, just out in public mm-hmm. that, that can bring these to light. Eric, good to see you. How you doing? Uh, as always, if you have any comments to share on the on the subject of guilt or shame, please feel free to drop them in the comment box, and we'll touch on those as well. Um, but first, I thought we could look at a couple slides, um, go over some of the basics, or re-go over, if you'd seen the first part of this way back when. That must have been a year and a half ago at this point.
1: Oh, yeah. Because we've been on here over 20 months. So
0: Yeah, 20 months. That's crazy to think still. Yeah. Um, but I don't see Twitch going anywhere uh, or StreamYard or Spotify for that matter.
1: Not unless Elon gets his hands on it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are we supposed to change our bio link now from Twitter to X or what? what is the deal with that? Oh, God. That's got to be a marketing nightmare for folks. Uh, the logo's changed and everything. People have that on their business cards. They have it on their uh, everything wow. about their companies. Uh, you 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 own a company. You got uh, Twitter probably, so
2: yeah, you all your
0: socials out there. It, luckily uh, for us, it's probably just changing <laughs> an icon on the bio link. But yeah, and all of that change done without any guilt or shame on the part of Ilhan. Uh, yeah,
1: some people just don't feel any, that's the thing. There's <laughs> the people that feel it like um so easily and get and feel the, the guilt and things and then there's just people that go by in life doing what they want to do, fuck anybody else that gets Absolutely. in the way don't feel anything. Just just like that.
0: <laughs> that is the uh, long and short of it. Mm-hmm. You have to stop guilt before it becomes PTSD. Uh, It is a good point.
1: Yeah, it is
0: one of the one of the markers that can um, trigger or when you get diagnosed with PTSD, as we've discussed, you have to hit like a a few markers in four different categories. I believe it is. I have to. It's been a while since we've talked about that, and I used to remember the numbers, but it's not an easy diagnosis to get it's uh, and it
1: has to be over a certain length of time as well it can't just be a short-term thing it has to be so many so many things over so many months yeah
0: yes and thank you Shirley for the hundred bits appreciate that um, so let's take a look at the first slide it'll break down uh, the the differences Between guilt and shame uh how they they are quite similar but there is a definite um what's uh there's a definite delineation between the two Mm -hmm. uh that make them their own separate entities and their own separate mental health nightmares at times so let's take a look um just a quick rundown of
1: yeah it's like so many things we've discussed there is there is a connection between things but there's also like yeah a very obvious difference as well so shame is a negative feeling about who you are makes you feel like your actions mean you have be have bad values x i'm a bad person for not knowing how to control my drinking and can contribute to low self-esteem and keep us stuck in unhealthy cycles. So it's just a few examples of shame and then some guilt. A negative feeling about your behavior makes you feel like your actions fall outside of your good values. I feel bad about how my drinking habits have hurt myself and others and can be helpful as long as it's translated into taking action, like changing habits or making amends.
0: Right. Um, and that a lot of that boils down to uh, doing, or what I, the work I did in, in my step work for the 12 steps of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, good evening, Jim in Chicagoland. Thanks for the 50 bits. Appreciate it, buddy. And hello to Tony D. Checking in from the Nonsensical Nonsense podcast. Good to see you. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, guilt and shame tonight is what we're discussing. Uh, if you take a look here, as Gemma has just gone over, uh, the, sh- the, the meat of it, I think, is the first, uh, the top mm. category. Shame is a negative feeling about who you are. Guilt is a negative feeling about your behavior. Yeah, Um, that boils it down pretty good. So, guilt is more action-based, and shame is more internalized. Uh, Mm -hmm. Whether you're, uh, what's a good example here, Jenna? Like a body dysmorphia, right?
1: Yeah. So, like the guilt can be um, feeling bad about something you've done, Um, like just um just an example of something from literally the other day I felt a bit of guilt because um thomas had been he'd done something he shouldn't have done, and I snapped at him and said no, and I told him to go to his room and I'm thinking to myself afterwards should i have done should I have like you know you can sometimes feel that or um it can be anything. It's just feeling guilty about something you've done, or like it's a, a behavior that you've done. Yeah. And yeah, shame. Uh, I have I have body dysmorphia, and a lot of that is shame about my appearance, about the way I, I physically look, the way I physically am. So yeah, that they can be tied in with each other quite well.
0: Yeah, and I can easily say the same thing in my in my story of alcoholism, and the the examples they've used on this slide pertain to drinking uh, shame. The example they use is, "I'm a bad person for not knowing how to control my drinking." Mm-hmm. Uh, I was definitely ashamed of. It's a it's a shameful thing, to not be able to control something about yourself. Uh, it, and it's not like. A cop-out kind of deal. It literally had control of me. I couldn't say no. There was I, many a times I thought to myself, "There, I am not drinking today. I don't. I don't feel good. I don't want to drink. I don't have any desire to see the stuff." And your brain takes over and says, "The hell with what you want." And the next thing you know, Mm -hmm. you're downstairs opening a beer uh, completely against your will, your free will. That's why we say willpower is trash sometimes uh, because willpower is not while while willpower has its place and willpower can be a good tool. It should not be solely relied on. And then on the other side of the coin, you got the guilt. uh, Their example being I feel bad about uh, my drinking habits have hurt. I'm sorry. I feel bad about how my drinking habits have hurt myself and others. Mm. That's definitely, I can relate to that hundred um, percent. Drinking was priority number one for a long time. And that in itself hurts people. Hurts people that you love. Uh, hurts people that you care about. Hurts people that should be more of a priority in your life than alcohol. And I was too blind to see that happening. Uh, So yes, while this was going on, I was convinced there was no problem, of course, but all this shame and guilt over it mounted up. And it just, it's a vicious cycle of, now we're drinking again because we got to, suppress this and self-medicate this shame and guilt among other things. Uh, And it's just, it's a, it's a never ending circle. You got to break that chain. Uh, Well, let's move on to the next one here uh, and talk a little bit on uh, guilt by itself. Now this is examples of uh, healthy versus unhealthy and, uh, Jamie, if you want to read this one uh, uh, side by yeah. side, do, so, the, do the healthy and then the unhealthy uh, for what is it, and then when, and then go to when do we feel it. Do that. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, um, healthy versus unhealthy guilt. What is it? So, a feeling of discomfort about something we've done that is objectively wrong. A feeling of discomfort about something we've done against our unrealistically high expectations.
0: That's the unhealthy feeling.
1: Yeah. And then when do we feel it? Helpful guilt is caused by actions or behaviors that break objective definitions of right and wrong. Unhelpful guilt is caused by actions or behaviours that break our personal standards or internal, external expectations. Why do we feel it? So, because we've acted in a way or done something that breaks objective standards of morality, and because we've acted in a way or done something that breaks unrealistic standards of behaviour, usually developed in her early childhood to please others. What does it mean? Healthy guilt allows us to seek forgiveness and give us an opportunity to rectify something wrong. Healthy guilt resolves as we repair the damage and it can be healing. Unhealthy guilt leads to emphasised self-punishment and remains present until we give in or make an effort to correct irrational beliefs. Right. And then how can we work with it? So, number one, face the behaviour that hurt self or others. Two, take responsibility for actions. Three, seek forgiveness from yourself or others. Number four, change destructive behavior attitude that caused the harm. And number five, take opportunity to heal the relationship with yourself or with others.
0: And those five are all healthy ways.
1: They're the healthy ones. And then the unhealthy ones, number one, separate and resolve healthy guilt. Separate even, separate and resolve healthy guilt before uncovering unhealthy guilt. Number two, practice self-compassion and work to understand your own strengths. Number three, seek connection with healthy support. And number four, recognize and implement healthy boundaries.
0: Separate. It's not, I didn't even throw any hard words at you tonight on these slides.
1: What did I say?
0: <laughs> the oh, the first
1: one. one, yeah. Separate, separate. Oh, um, and,
0: it's a, and it's a British slide too, as you can tell by the spelling.
1: I've been on a kid's trip all day, surrounded by 60 to 100 kids. My head's just That bleh, sounds fun. Um, I'm tired.
0: <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, so, looking at this, we, you have healthy guilt what is it the feeling of discomfort about something we've done that is objectively wrong Mm -hmm. right you do something that's viewed as incorrect behavior or inappropriate maybe not maliciously maybe accidentally uh, and you're going to have that feeling of discomfort maybe you were in a car accident Uh, fender bender you know nothing major just a complete accident Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
0: but you're going to feel if it if you were the one at fault it, it would be normal to feel a little bit of guilt about that for the other folks oh yeah so that i mean that's a healthy look at guilt or a look at healthy guilt then on the other side of the coin, you have the the unhealthy side, which is a feeling of discomfort about something we've done against our unrealistically high expectations. These are, these are the, um, uh, things that you're, you're getting, you're, you're not giving yourself enough credit. Um, Unrealistically high expectations is the key phrase there. Mm-hmm. Remember, you remember when I talked about anxiety? Like, anxiety is good and normal. Mm-hmm. Anxiety itself is what gets us to do things. If we're anxious about the bills being paid, then we're going to pay the bills, right? Yeah, so we'll find a way to make the bills paid. Um, it's when we let it control us. That it becomes unhealthy and detrimental to our mental health anxiety that is when you let the anxiety of something completely envelop you and shut you down essentially for fear of whatever the situation may be that you're anxious Mm -hmm. and you can't get anything else done or even think about doing anything else because you're so wrapped up in the anxiety of the the current situation—that's when it's becoming unhealthy. So if you're setting, going back to guilt now, it's unhealthy guilt if you have those—you you did something that you deem as wrong
1: mm-hmm.
0: against your unrealistic high expectations. So there's some cognitive distortions there. There's uh, some definite feelings of internal. Not good enough. Never gonna be good enough. Everybody hates me. Uh, yeah, these, yeah. Things, these thoughts that we sometimes have uh, can can be a look at the unhealthy guilt that we carry along with us.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, and just to further that, when do we I mean, on the when do we feel it category there, the unhealthy guilt is caused by actions or behaviors that break our personal standards. Um, And it's it's not wrong to set the bar high for yourself. Uh, It's it's completely normal and healthy to have high expectations for yourself. You want to succeed. You want to uh, fly right. uh, Whatever... The case may be let's just take Mm. your job for example you want to you want to be the best at whatever job you do i'm a fireman i want to be the best firefighter that i can be i set goals that further my knowledge further my career yeah and work to achieve those goals
1: as long as they're realistic and and achievable like Obviously, you don't want them to be... You want it to be something that you've got to work towards and not be completely impossible. But there's nothing wrong with setting goals that are um, aiding us to allow self-improvement and to better yourself. Go maybe, if you want to achieve something, say, go and do some more studying, do a course, do something to help you achieve those things and better yourself, but... Um, they have to be realistic Uh, there's no point setting things you want to achieve that are completely unrealistic and something that you'll never achieve because then you go to be the other way and be like oh well I didn't achieve that I can't do that I'm stupid I'm thick I'm never going to get there I'm never going to do it right and that's when it becomes completely destructive and counterproductive and it's it's the other way around then so 100%. If you're gonna do that, start start off small and build on it.
0: Yeah. Keep those keep those goals mm-hmm. coming. Like definitely set goals for yourself. Yeah. But don't set them so far out of your reach that now you're going to when you inevitably fall short. Because they are realistically out of reach,
1: mm-hmm.
0: whatever the case may be. I, I can't think of a good example at the moment. Uh, but when it when we set goals that are out of our reach, we we are expected to fail, right? Um, yeah. And then we're gonna harbor that unhealthy guilt that we weren't, we didn't cut the mustard. Mm-hmm. But was it was it actually something that could be achieved? Um, not saying I'm not I don't want words to be twisted I'm not saying that an unrealistic uh, or, or something that's out of your reach realistically out of your reach can't be done mm-hmm. but the likelihood of it being done goes down remarkably when you don't have the appropriate resources at your disposal you don't have the Maybe the appropriate education or etc i can't set a goal right now that says i want to be this or i'm sorry let me start that over i can set a goal right now that says i want to be the ceo of xyz company pick any company i want to be the ceo of that fortune 500 company now how Now, is that achievable? Sure. You could say that if I start now and really (laughs) work my ass off, go back to school, do all the things, CEO of Twitch, uh, Jeff Bezos. I'm going to, I'm gunning for his job because Twitch is owned by Amazon. So I want to be the CEO of Amazon. Now, realistically, come on. But, I guess yes, it is doable. It's just not now. I'm setting myself up for failure essentially. I wanted to kind of clarify that with something that's so out of out of bounds that uh, it kind of makes sense because I don't want it to come off like I'm saying that you know you can't achieve every goal you set. We're talking about the unrealistic things here. Uh, hmm. Let's move forward to the next one here. Another guilt versus shame look-alike. Just follow the arrows there.
1: Yeah. So we have guilt versus shame. So, for example, if you were given a task to do and you made a mistake and that mistake impacted someone else and their results, the guilt response, I made a mistake, I did something bad, The shame response, I made a mistake. I'm a bad person. Important to remember, we are human, we all make mistakes. It is unusual to make mistakes on purpose. We can learn so much from mistakes. This is much more helpful. This is a much more helpful perspective.
0: That's as easy. I think a a way to break it down uh, Mm -hmm. or we were looking at examples of guilt and shame through the eyes of like me, like an alcoholic uh, or somebody with a drinking problem. And you kind of got the meat from it. But this really just breaks it down uh, the best. The guilt response. I made a mistake. I did something bad. Mm -hmm. I feel bad. I want to correct it. Uh, And I won't feel better until I do something to change it, right? Shame response is just jumping straight to, I'm a bad person. I screwed up, so I'm a screw up. And that is where you get into your cognitive distortions. Mm. You need to reframe that thinking. To me, and I don't, I don't, this is not medically canon. This is not, this is just Tim's opinion coming. Uh, The guilt response seems to me to be a much healthier option than the shame response. I feel like you're going to get, there's far more room for poor mental health uh, with the shame response. Yeah. Starting in on yourself is never good or helpful to anybody or anything or the situation it doesn't resolve things you're just you're beating yourself up for nothing and that takes a toll on you to constantly feel that feeling of inadequacy and and not good enough is is no way to live
1: no taking it Taking a mistake that you've made and making it a personal attack on your own self. I know that everybody is their own worst critics, but taking something that you've made a mistake with and turning it into a personal attack on yourself is not healthy. Everybody makes mistakes, and if you feel guilty about making that mistake and turn it into a positive so then rectify that, and make it right then that's a good thing obviously don't let the guilt eat you up and then turn into shame and make that bad as well but the best way to think about it i was always told that because i i admit i am terrible when it comes to beating myself up about things Mm -hmm. and the best way to think about it is If Think about it as somebody that you care about, like a best friend, a family member. If they did that exact same mistake, what would you say to them? Would you say you're an idiot, you you did it all wrong, you're an absolute failure, would you say that? No, you wouldn't. You would say you made a mistake, it's all right, everybody makes mistakes, you go and uh, you can put it right, you can do it, and you'd encourage them. To put it right, help them even if you needed.
0: Absolutely, and like like it says, and you're kind of touching on. It's unusual to make a mistake on purpose.
1: Yeah. So if you wouldn't say that to somebody that you care about, why would you say it to yourself?
0: Right. Yeah, and and furthering that, uh, that sentiment of it being unusual. Or it's not a sentiment; it's fact. It is unusual for folks to make mistakes on purpose, so we remember that uh, and and reframe reframe that focus from the unhelpful guilt to the or the shame, which is to me it seems super unhealthy, uh, and and kind of try and frame it into a healthy guilt. Because with, with the guilt side of things, with the guilt response, it looks like you're able to do something about it. Um, it look, to me, it looks like you can try and reframe it. Um, yeah. With the shame response, you, you're just starting in on yourself. Mm-hmm. And you're unlikely to change that. You're unlikely to make the changes necessary um, versus uh, feeling guilty about something and uh, you want to correct it. Like Jim's saying here, acknowledge your mistakes and don't become a sponge and absorb your fault. Admit the error, correct it if possible, and move forward. yeah. yeah. possible, correct it. Not, not everything is, is correctable. Uh, if, I, if I ran into, if I fender bender somebody And um, I can't fix their car, I can give them money, insurance, yeah, Um, yeah, that's about as much as I can do to mitigate the situation Mm -hmm. on my end is pay for their damages, Mm -hmm. but I'm still gonna feel bad, especially if it was my fault and I was doing something dumb like looking at my phone or just not paying attention, yeah, so. Correct it when you can. That's taking action and using action it for the, is needed.
1: Yeah, using it for personal development rather than personal attack.
0: Action is, is action is needed and necessary to reframe
1: mm-hmm.
0: a, a negative to a positive. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let before we get into shame cycle, let's take a look at this video you found. Uh, Gemma has sent me a video clip it's about four minutes on shame Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: we'll take a look at that now and then we'll talk about shame cycle so uh, let's send it over to this video here. I know what you're gonna say but I don't care.
2: I know. It's happened again. I couldn't. We were in the pub, and I
1: knew what she was thinking. So, I, so I hit her in the face, but head in the pavement. She knew. She knew.
2: She knew I was going to fail, we both did, so I don't engage in the office, and I get 50% of the bonus that everybody else gets. That night, it's me on the sofa, the bottle of wine, and another bottle of wine, some pizza, crisps, and chocolate, and I wake up about 4 o'clock in the morning, surrounded by empty bottles. And rappers everywhere, just the same as always.
1: Just like always, it's like when I was a kid, and my mother, she was a, wasn't a mother, she was. She didn't care. She didn't, she always took his side. And and you know, I, I tried to do the right thing, but she, she made me retract my statement. Nobody will ever do that sort of thing to me again
2: she didn't care she didn't care about me she cared about what made her look good i'd come home with eight a's and a b and they'd say well where's the other a now my brother now, if he came out with some results, they were always good enough, that was fine, because my brother could always achieve in their eyes, but not me. So I'd just leave them to it, I'd leave them all the voices, mum and dad, telling me I'm not good enough, go to my room. I could still hear a voice, even now, nagging at me. I hear it when I have a bottle of wine, I hear it when I have some pizza. It's painful, but if I want pain, I could just peel back a toenail. That's pain.
1: I know it's wrong what I'm doing, but it's all I've ever known.
2: I used to have a voice inside my head telling me to hurt myself, but now there's another voice and it's telling me it's not my what? fault. Things have got to change.
1: It's how I've survived, but I don't want to be that anymore. I want to change.
2: change. Can't carry on hurting myself and causing myself pain like this. Things have got to be different.
0: I don't know who, who you are, are. yet.
2: Good to see you.
0: I got you. You got me there. Uh, Action. As we were just talking about there. It's taking taking some action. Mm -hmm. Reframing. And uh, wanting to be better. That certainly helps. Um, You need to have the desire, the want. And yes, that was a very good video. uh, And that was sent to gemma on the topic uh so and she thought it was fitting so it it definitely was uh taking a look in the mirror because guilt and shame affect who you us uh it's i'm not feeling guilt for gemma Mm. right like yeah if you were the one that got into the car accident or something i don't feel guilty for you right uh I might feel bad, but it's different than yeah, yeah that guilt that you're gonna internalize or that shame for that for that matter. Uh, so let's take a look at shame cycle because it's important uh to understand. Uh this is just a quick rundown. Um uh, you can start at the top there, Gemma, and run it around the, the shame cycle for us. Bring it up Right, there we go.
1: So the shame cycle, sensitivity, empathy, perceptibility, and then focus is on meeting others' needs, self-image reinforced and inflated by performing for others, and then repression of self-needs. Self-needs are met through maladaptive strategies and symptoms, belief that others are making them perform, they are forcing. They are forcing self-sacrifice, victim stance. Resentment builds. Maladaptive behavior starts to escalate. Blow up, disconnection, and anger. Of avert, cut off. Guilt due to others' suffering, self-image, and becomes deflated.
0: Right. Starts with a sensitivity or maybe some empathy or a perception, uh, a distorted perception, should we say, but a perception nonetheless, uh, you perceive you know, something about yourself. Um, and then it runs through the, ga- the, the cycle. You, it just keeps building through uh, each of these segments Eventually, resentment builds. That's the big one there. Resentments breeds poor mental health. Uh, Resentments are the main focus of working your 12-step program, for example. Um, Or one of the main focuses, I should say. And continuing success in a strong 12-step program is uh, the maintenance steps, 10, 11, 12, by recognizing resentments and cutting them off. That's what that's saying there about averting cutoff. Um, You hit the blow-up stage. So the shame cycle comes full circle, obviously. It's a cycle. And And then we uh, eventually wind up at the, at the blow up stage where there's not room for recovery at that point. You can recover early on. You can recognize what's happening. You can recognize what's going, what's going on inside of you. You can say, this is classic shame that I'm feeling right now. I do this to myself all the time. And like I was saying earlier, before you let it envelop you and control you and start working that cycle, you can recover. When you hit the blow up stage, it's it's done. You can't recover from that. Now you're doing things that are not of best judgment, probably, and you're not doing anything constructive. We'll put it that way. When you're at the blow-up stage, you're not going to be doing anything productive or constructive to remedy, mitigate, or somehow better the situation. Uh, you have anything on that, Gemma?
1: Yeah, uh, no, I think you've covered most of that, to be honest.
0: Right. So, I mean that that's uh, that's important to talk about because like I said, recognition is a key part of um, bettering any situation. Well, it doesn't even take guilt and shame out of it. Uh, Anything that you're struggling with or dealing with, you have to first recognize what's happening before you can take steps to better. I had to recognize that i had a drinking problem before i could ever think about sobriety it -hmm. just was not going to happen as long as i kept telling myself that there was no problem to be solved that's step one understanding you have a problem
1: Mm -hmm.
0: that's out of your control and you need help
1: and only you can do that nobody can do that for you
0: so, yeah, with step one, it, I, you know, I always, and a lot of people, not not wrong, a lot of people see it as admitting you have a problem, mm-hmm. but I like to look at it more as recognizing that you have this problem and acknowledging it and wanting to understand it mm. because I, like I said, I couldn't move forward until I came to terms with it. But then the desire to understand it and why, and what was going on in me that made me this way and not able to control an aspect of my life. That's when I was ready to start working on step two. And, Mm and, and, and you have to come to that realization. Uh, So it's, it's, it's a lot more than just saying I have, I have X, Y, Z. There's something here. Mm -hmm. It's understanding it. And it's acknowledging that it's real. and, And it's a desire, a want in yourself for yourself. The biggest part of that, that I left out is for yourself not for somebody else I don't want to yes I have a problem but I'm going to stop drinking for my wife
1: mm-hmm.
0: well that's great and yes we you you, uh, you can have your higher power uh, in place whether it be the tree out back like I said or whatever uh, God whatever the case may be you're still doing this for you you want mm-hmm. not do better you, right? That's kind of what they were touching on in the video, yeah? Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so how do we manage our guilt and shame? Just a short little slide. Yeah, let's get that one up.
1: Okay, so how do we manage our guilt and shame? If you feel guilty, reflect on your behavior. If you determine that your behavior was problematic, Apologize for the harm you may have caused and commit to changing. If you feel shame, this means you're perceiving yourself as having less inherent... Inherent... Oh, inherent... Oh, my God. Inherent. (laughs) Less inherent worth than others. It had to get me on one, didn't it? (laughs) You're judging yourself as less than. Shame is a red flag that you're buying into an illusion. The illusion that some individuals are more worthy than others. Shame is also an indication that you've lost touch with your compassion for yourself.
0: That's the long and short of it there. Um, Guilty, or guilt can be reflected on. It can be mitigated. Uh, You can... Mm -hmm. You can do something about it. And maybe it'll, and sometimes that, you know, the healthy guilt will fuel us to do something productive, constructive, Mm -hmm. better about it. Um, Shame is that red flag, as it says there. It's an illusion. It's Mm -hmm. a perception. And it's, it's going down the rabbit hole of nothing good unless you can recognize it and cut it off at the pass and tell yourself that this is not worth this much of my energy um, to try and rectify the situation before it gets out of control.
1: Oh, yeah, the sooner you can sort that out and get some sort of help before it spirals out of control, the better, because then you're going into other territories of, like... Um, PTSD and all, 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 a whole heap of other things you can yep. um, like body dysmorphia or depending on where the shame is and things yeah it can get really really bad
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, so if you're recognizing any of the recogni- recognizing any of those things um, you don't have to do it alone you can get help um, to try and overcome this so that it doesn't get to the point where it spirals completely out of control and then you end up with other things as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Perfect. That's it, that's all folks. That is guilt and shame, part two, second look Mm -hmm. at it. I hope you enjoyed our takes on the situation, some of the slides that we presented and yes, all of those slides and the video, the link for the video will be posted in the discord. Uh, So, feel free to join our Discord for more Mental Health Hour uh, at any time. The bio link is in the chat, and it's also accessible in the video description or podcast description on any of the major podcasting networks. And lastly, uh, we will go into some community calendar. Uh, Please... Check out our good friend Jim in Chicagoland every Wednesday night uh, on his channel. It is there in chat for you. Give him a follow. Show him some love. Catalyst, unwind and relax with a warm candle. Uh, No
1: Catalyst tonight.
0: No Catalyst tonight. Okay. Uh, But most Wednesday nights. Uh, Ray of Sunshine, as is in chat as well. Uh, he is on hiatus from his show, but it will be back. I, we're we're all hoping. Uh, uh, positive stories, positive vibes on Tuesday nights. Twitch.tv/slash Array of Sunshine. Uh, Eric J. Gaming. He goes live every Monday night. Former guest on the show, uh, so thank you to him as well. Uh, he's in chat. Give him a follow. And then, of course, for all things Bunny. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I missed Gemma. My co-host. I haven't got
1: the bunny one yet. I'm going in order.
0: Uh, I, I, My eyes scanned right over it. Uh, give Gemma a follow on her Twitch channel. She has her own Twitch channel right there in chat uh, where you can click on her name and give her a follow. She does uh, crafting, cooking, etc.
1: 7 p.m. this Saturday. 7 p.m. UK, 2 p.m. Eastern. On Saturday, we will be live.
0: The Cooking Train. Uh, yes. Mediterranean
1: food. Really, food. Don't tell really me. I have no idea what we're making it. It will happen. Something.
0: <laughs> awesome. 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 And for all things bunny, please check out our great sponsor, longtime friend of the show and former guest, Ella the Bunny Mom. She streams late nights on Twitch at her channel there, twitch.tv slash Ella the Bunny Mom. And check out her store, mybunnyvalentine.com. Use the promo code FIREDUDE15 to save 15% on your purchases. And help her in her mission to help all the rabbits in the world. And that is all I have. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for being here tonight. Thank you so much for all the bits, support, subs, and sharing us out. If you did, we really appreciate it. We'll be back next week with postpartum depression, episode 102. That's what we will be touching on next week. And then the following week, we'll be taking a a week off. Uh, Gemma will be out of town. So we will catch up with you the following week after that for 103. All right. Let's get on out of here so I can get some kids fed. I hope you enjoyed the show tonight. Thank you again. Thank you, Gemma.
1: We'll
0: see you next week. Bye now.